The following episode of the Carnival of Randomness is sponsored by an important message to you, the people from Upsitnik and Associates. Every day there are forces that are taking from you, stealing from you. Your money, your time, your freedom. Immense faceless corporations, banks, credit card companies, insurance providers, government agencies, this list goes on and on. When you are under attack and facing crisis, turn to us, Upsitnik and Associates, attorneys for you, the people. When every day becomes a battle, we can advise and assist. We have been advocates for 40 years. Email us through UpsitniksLaw.com or call us at 1-866-391-3299 or reach out to us through Upsitnik and Associates on Facebook for a prompt, no obligation, communication and consultation. Don't be pushed around. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Carnival of Ramness. And we are on the road now in Middle Earth, and we are looking for Mount Doom to get rid of that ring. Actually, we found not the ring that you're thinking of. We found one on the bottom of a Cracker Jack box. And Zach is playing my Frodo over there. Man, why do I got to be the weird one? But we couldn't find Mount Doom. We couldn't find it anywhere, but we did find Mount Doom. We did find I'm not as scary. I'm not as scary as I think you. I'm supposed to be, but I'm going to throw a banana peel out so you slip trying to go up me. So I'm going to stop doing this, and I'm going to try to roll the multi-sided die and find some good 2020 guests. 2020 saving so. throw. We can save this intro. So would I'll you like you. to roll it out? Oh, excellent. Patrick and Mario. Hello. Hello. Hi. Yes. And after that, if you yeah. still want to stay around. Yeah, yeah. We, no. are, we are going to talk about. We're going to talk about. Dungeons and Dragons and tabletop role playing games yep. and uh, how uh, where they came from, what they are. Um, talk about some uh, some maybe some negative uh, and positive, I guess, stereotypes that come into play when people think about um, doing this thing with my hands. I don't know why. I do um, it too. <laughs> There's negative stereotypes that come with people. You didn't who have play to tell them you were doing it. <laughs> they would have found out eventually. I think out loud. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just all about uh, all about nerdy stuff that we do. Um, I'm outing and officially out Mario as a as a as a D&D you and Marcy, I, didn't I, I, I gotta say that uh, like a generation ago, you might have to like black out our faces and like change our voices and stuff. <laughs> it was like, but now apparently it's way cooler so yeah. uh, than it was. So I for all of the the younger generation that's all excited about actually doing this kind of stuff, I think that's really great because uh, you know. It wasn't, yeah. wasn't always something you would you'd kind of talk about really quietly in the corner of the lunchroom, maybe back in the 1980s. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, think, I think thanks in no small part to podcasts and streaming, um, just just listening to and watching people play a game uh, is is entertainment now, I guess. Oh, it, it's a, it's its own genre. Yeah. These yeah. Days. One of my things was the old Avon Hill catalogs, and they had all these really cool role-playing games. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember my mom trying to get me the Call of Cthulhu game for a Christmas present, and my dad <laughs> said, hearing her call the company trying to pronounce Cthulhu, C-H. But they had all these, and I always found, because you could just be immersed in these things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it the, at the end of the day, I, I, I say it's immersive story storytelling or interactive storytelling because it's, it's really what you're doing. I, I, now that you mention that, I kind of liken it to like a tabletop version of those old choose-your-own-adventure books. Exactly, yeah. It's like, no, nope, finger was on the page. Doesn't count, doesn't count. Finger never <laughs> left the page. You were going to stay in the cave. I remember two of us in grade school 
and they had the question, will you stay in the cave overnight or leave right now? And only two of us said leave right now. Because <laughs> that was the obviously not the answer you're supposed to take into it's the right answer. Yeah. Because yeah. always you're going to eat my snakes or whatever else. Yep. <laughs> but I really don't even know when these games, I have to admit that, I really don't know when these things first came into popularity. Because I remember when I was a kid, I think that's mm-hmm. when I first... So yeah, so they all started. Um, uh, what what we what we now know as you know the role playing games um, started in the in the mid seventies really, and it was born out of uh, war games. Uh, and these these guys in hobby shops would you know would play war games with with miniature figures, and and they would be army versus army, um, and they'd roll dice and uh, you know spend hours of their time just kind of reenacting battles uh, either historical battles or or made up stuff and a couple of the a couple of the guys uh wrote a uh this guy Gary Gygax and I think Jim Perrin was the other guy who who wrote a game called Chainmail which was a uh medieval uh medieval war game miniatures war game um that was more like a small unit tactics and then then they boiled it down even smaller to just individuals. What if he had a system where an individual guy with a sword and a shield could fight another guy with a sword and a shield and, uh, and then step further from that as well, what are they doing when they're not fighting? Maybe they go on adventures or that there's, you know, and maybe instead of basing it on historical stuff, we, we base it on fantasy and, and it kind of steamrolled and became Dungeons and Dragons, uh, which was the first, you know, the first tabletop was it role-playing TSR? Game. Is it the company? TSR, yeah. Um, it was that was Gary Gygax and Dave Aronson, who <laughs> both uh, passed away not too long ago. Um, but that you know, I think the f- first like box set of Dungeons and Dragons came out in '74, I believe. January of '74. I actually, yep. it was something that we put up on our social media. I pulled up the post. Yep. January of '74 through three. Three different hand-assembled booklets that were shipped in cardboard boxes sold out the first thousand in eleven months. Yep. So and back f- in seventy-four. And in television, actually had a not very good D and D game. wasn't over near the board gaming. Yeah. They did have one though. And and they, uh, uh, I found this today. Actually, I was just searching online, and I found that somebody is selling a third printing, first edition, wood grain box set. Jesus God. It's uh right now the bid is the starting bid twenty five hundred dollars buy it now price thirty nine ninety five. That's only a thousand dollars each, guys. Yes, yeah. <laughs> together we could have that um and play the very very stripped down Dungeons and Dragons. But um that tells you how, you know, how uh, far back this goes and and how popular it really really is really was and then they you know it it gained. Uh, more kind of media preeminence in the early 80s um, and uh, there was you know advertised on television and there was a cartoon um, and then of course the satanic panic um, I actually was uh, was not allowed to play Dungeons and Dragons because my mother who was very religious had heard it was satanic well, I have a friend yeah, you of were mine so many going, a friend of yeah, mine could was, watch the Harry read the Harry Potter books to see the movies because they were devils. Yep. The Smurfs yeah. was another one. Yeah, no, the Smurfs was a weird one. Well, that they one I can see. They I mean, that evil. one I can obviously see. Yeah, there was a weird thing about about the Smurfs, too. Yeah, that's, I guess, yeah, that's her communist. You know, yeah, they're, somebody they're wrote an entire blue. dissertation about the Smurfs being an, uh, an allegory for communism. Good Lord. 
I read it. It was actually well written. <laughs> I'm sure the Teletubbies. Well, yeah. that was the other well they are Satan. Yeah, they are Satan. Just, they're just weird. But yeah, it was in you know, and then and then uh, it was never in fashion. It was always a kind of nerdy thing. Um, I always call it cult things, where there's yeah. these little niches where people are into something this that it's not so-called mainstream it's like a cool little hobby or something i'm I'm wondering Mm. do you think because of the time it came out that was right around the time you know the late 70s when sci-fi started coming about in the movies yep you know star wars alien you think that may have contributed to it kind of getting pushed a little more the the uh, the emergence of what we now call nerd culture was all, you know, that's pretty Maybe much Maybe go back started. a little farther to the 60s because that's huge. Uh, Tolkien was Tolkien, huge. Yeah, yeah. Tolkien was huge. Frank Herbert, you know, Dune, oh, all that Frank stuff Herbert. got... And, Stranger uh, th- in a Strange Land. There was, because it, 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 appealed, it appealed to the disenfranchised... Yeah. Uh, people and then doing, of course, the drug culture and and I think you go in the seventies. You have the bad economy. You have Tricky Dick. Yeah. You have Escapism gas lines, which thing. I think I remember, like when I was a kid, vaguely remembering that. You had where we going to blow the world up with Russia? Oh, and yeah. I think people just wanted to get away from reality a little bit. Yeah, escapism was a huge thing um, back then, and you know, then you had like. In pop culture, you had like Led Zeppelin. How many you know Middle Earth themed? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know the story that and... Paul McCartney was hoping to do a Lord of the Rings film with the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was going to be John was going to be Gollum, mm-hmm. George was going to be Gandalf, Ringo was going to be Frodo, and Paul was going to be Sam. And that would have been I. That would have been. Great. I did see one of the things I was really keen on when I was a kid because my parents, they really didn't care what i saw and watched which it was amazing but i saw the bashki lord of the rings film like i remember going to lord of the rings film at the theater going Mm. to the wrong theater and seeing invasion of the body snatchers but then (laughs) we went to it and it was that old theater down on the ridge that's gone now but i think what he did too is he he did the animation over people too yeah they wrote his rotoscope animation so they just yeah they just did they 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 filmed people and then and then drew over them and they so they had that weird realistic quality of movement and it's that's you know that's that's just the very early basis of like motion capture you know yeah. stuff they do now which is just a thing so it's there's always been a thing but that was where it was really primed for it to come into being there and i think that it takes the escapism mm-hmm but also, I think one of the things for me is even the books, how the details. I would like to just read about the characters and the, the mm-hmm. books and everything. Oh, like the Dungeon Master's Guide? Yeah. I, I, I've heard that a lot of there's, there's a lot of people who, you know, uh, they they didn't have a group to play with, so but they buy the books and just read the books. I, I think even now, actually, so with the, uh, these Adventure Path series that come out that people play through, it's a storyline that carries characters all the way from uh, their beginnings, the first level, all the way up to their really powerful characters. And it's one big long story with a bunch of characters and events, and there are frequently people who post about having read the the path. There's whole conversations about people that haven't played it, just people who have read it and are discussing how exciting it is to read the story. Uh, even if you don't end up playing the story. And some people are saying, eh, well, this one's not that exciting to read, but might be pretty fun to play. So, I mean, they're actually critiquing and discussing how fun it is to just read the books. 
um, before they even get to the point where they're actually participating and playing any. And I think maybe done well a lot of fantasy like that. What they do is they create a whole alternative world like Middle Earth or one of those. Yeah. Where the or game Wisteria, Wisteros, which I still don't pronounce it right. <laughs> but well, that, that's the big part of it is is uh, is building a world and populating it with you know people and history and events and 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 guys like Tolkien who who spent so many years creating this world and and left just endless source material um you know adapts well into this and there's been there's a there's a number of different you know RPG incarnations it's like, it's like how many Tolkien. languages did that well, guy invent for yeah. his books mm-hmm. I toss this one out cuz I used to watch the TV show Sliders this is yep. where they have they go into alternative universes, so they're trying to get home. So they end up at this one by the character's mom's house. They have forty five seconds, or they have to jump again to go in another universe. So, okay, they look around, they say, look at the news. Oh, gee, Simpson arrested. They see all this other stuff. Okay, I don't think we're in the right universe. You know, the Raiders <laughs> move. So imagine popping in now. Donald Trump president? <laughs> we should go. Oops. Yeah. Time, uh, alternative. Yeah. And there's alternative history kind of things go play into that, too. You know, you a lot can, of steampunk came out of there, too. They yeah. A lot of. Yeah. There's a lot of. And that's the other thing, too, is that D&D spawned an endless number of other games of varying, you know, varying popularity. Um, there's, there's, uh, you know, even just they, when they, they broke out, um, a bunch of other games started, there's, you know, tunnels and trolls and castles and crusades and even the games that came up with more original names. Uh, mm-hmm. and then, and then TSR, their company came out with, uh, you know, top secret, which is a spy game and boot Hill, which was the Western was another game. one where you sort of follow these clues. It's almost like a Sherlock Holmes game. Yeah. You, it's something well, you got to get started on. It's tough sometimes, but you follow one clue. Mm-hmm. And and there there is either as elaborate rule sets or simple rule sets, and you know at the end of the day, uh, the whole point of it, you know, is it's on one hand it's a game, but on the other hand it's kind of a social, uh, a social like team team exercise. It's cooperative. Everybody's kind of working together on a goal. I like the idea that if, if you play if you play yeah. a war game, you do this. Okay, you have to fight the battle. You're done. This. It keeps going. You can keep yes. evolving, keep going with the story. And I think there's an appeal to it right there. You're not just, okay, okay we're done tonight, you're dead. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think an evolution of the game is created also is, is helped to, to create a, a larger audience, a more diverse audience, because now, you know, as the games have developed further and further, then you pick something that's the type of genre that you're interested in playing. So if you, and, and the type of role play that you want to do. So there's plenty of strategy, military-style type games, and then there are other games that don't focus so much on the combat portion of it yeah. or focus a lot on different skill sets or different worlds or whatever kind of um, you know alternative reality you want to play in. So I think another you know big contributing factor to maybe getting some people playing who wouldn't necessarily have uh, 20 years ago, for example, would be the fact that there are so many different options now that allow people the chance to... Um, play the kind of game that they're most interested in playing. I think some are interesting too, like the ones on those sim those sim games where you build an empire, you try to rule a country, mm-hmm. and not get 
tossed in the fire, and you have to learn how to do that. I think those are pretty cool. Well, there's, or build a railroad, even. There's one like that. There's, a, there's, there's like, a lot of... There were, like, distinct periods, too, um, in, in the whole RPG thing. And, you know, the, initially, we had Dungeons & Dragons and fantasy games, and that was more like the 70s. In the 80s, it started to branch out a little. They were, you know, playing around with genres and sci-fi and... Uh, and and games like Gamma World, Post Apocalyptic, Boot Hill, which was mm. a, a western, and then um, in the '90s, the games got edgier, mm. and uh, and they kind of broke away from the kind of you know combat oriented kind of kind of uh, uh, structures like of, of Dungeons and Dragons and stuff, and then you had games like Vampire the Masquerade, which was the big kind of breakout of that period. Where it that became, was so '90s, really. Yeah, <laughs> you, had, you had games like 90s. Cyberpunk, Shadowrun, uh, uh, Vampire: The Masquerade, Dark Conspiracy, and these games where there was, you know, there was fighting in them, but then there was there was interpersonal conflict too. Like you, instead of having this merry band of adventurers who are all you know, going after the same thing, you might have a group of people who might not necessarily see eye to eye on everything and have to deal with their own, you know, kind of. You know, it's like I'm this kind of vampire, you're that kind of vampire. They're different; they don't get along, or you know, and they're more. And they, those are more based on social climbing and power games, and uh, you know, kind of divvying up your city, and and then Man, also never, kind of. I never heard of any of those ones. The, those, I, I've heard of them. I've heard those of them. games actually introduced also this kind of idea of this morality sort of to the game in the respect that the decisions that you make and things that happen in them. There's a lot of. Uh, the, there's a lot of consequence and a lot of discussion of like an action affects the rest of the game in more than just okay yeah. now that monster is going to come back to kill you later but really the idea that you played a lot of characters that had both statistically and just in the workings of the interactions of the game decisions they're making are determining who they become as people and so you know there was a lot of this idea of um, I guess that happens you can see that more in TV and movies too right obviously in the, we didn't necessarily have uh, film that dug deep into like the character arcs or the anti-hero or that kind of stuff. Well, there stuff. was a Dungeons and Dragons movie. I don't think it was very good. We don't. No, yeah. no let's stay away I'm from sure they don't that. discuss that. I, I, yeah. I liked the cartoon though. The, yeah. the, cart- the cartoon was was fun and and it was trying to reach out to that kind of preteen audience right. that was really getting into the game and and the aspect of like you know oh you're becoming this character now. You know, so what do you do? And that's, you know, I mean, if you want to boil role-playing games down into one sentence, it's asking the question, what do you do? Yeah. You know, here, here's here's where you are. Here's what's going on. What do you do? And your decisions are essentially endless. I like the active part of that, too, where you're not just sitting back watching a screen or something. You're actually yeah. Yeah. You're participating. It stimulates the mind. But there's one thing I have to, back in high school in the 80s, my how I had a group of friends who were really into this. They used to always go about go to SimCon. Yep. But they kept it. Now we have to get the little stereotype people always said. They kept it very quiet at high school. Yeah. Are you, it was are you not, coming over? Like what's? Yeah. Because it seemed they'd had that stigma about you were that unpopular person. Yeah. You're sitting in your mom's basement with your friends, and and you're well, and you're not. We used to do that with David Letterman. To be fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the other thing too. It's just like it's it it, it kind of drifted to the bottom of the nerd hierarchy which yeah. was just like you know guys who collected comic books would still make fun of the guys who played dungeons and dragons <laughs> and at the end of the day the jocks are beating up i have both to tell people. a story yeah. from empire comic days literally because when they had the cross-gen comics and they had yeah. some of the more fantasy comics and a couple of the comic guys are going 
where these people are coming in who now we have people to make fun of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which, you know, which is, that's human nature, I guess. Um, but, you know, there, there's, like I said, I, 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 I like to, to talk about the, you know, the, the, the stereotypes of, uh, you know, people picture guys sitting around a table dressed in, like, robes mm-hmm. and stuff, which is I've never there was, ever seen. You have to check out doing this one episode of iZombie. Literally, you know the premise where she eats the brain? Oh, yeah. Well, she gets yeah. the dungeon, man. She She's sitting there, so she's eating the brain. They're trying to figure out how this person got murdered. So she's sitting there at the table. She's the dungeon master. in this full witch, wizard yeah, head. Now we rule. Now you can. <laughs> it's it just yeah, that is the ultimate stereotype. So oh, that's it's wrong, wrong in so many ways. But yeah, it's funny. I mean, they just did a thing on on Saturday Night Live, and people started getting upset. I'm like, you know, we're all silly. I mean, there's you, it, yeah, it's you know, you're imagining a world in your mind. So yeah. I mean, like, God forbid. I, I have a f- good friend of mine who who would say like, what do you? It's like, well, what do you do on Saturdays? I sit in my friend's basement, pretend I'm an elf. <laughs> you know, just yeah. like yeah, it's silly, but at the same time, you know, there's a lot of the stuff you see. You know, uh, people assume that that everyone is just kind of you know it's eating their whole life up. And now, being, I do have to say, it's one of those stories, and it really happened that one of my friends, and he had we went through some times. One of our really good friends passed away, and it was she got murdered, and it was not good for all of us for a long time. But you know, you have to keep living. But with him, he just sort of closed off, and what happened to him? I couldn't get him out anymore because he would play Warcraft. And yeah, he wouldn't, he wouldn't stop anymore, and I would call him up just to try mm. to get him out. And I'm in a major battle. And mm. what happened was, we went to dinner one time. I got him out. He got a speeding ticket going home because he was trying to get home so yeah. fast. And you hear about those. I feel like at the beginning of the around the 2000s or so, for some reason, and I would talk to younger people about this, have conversation, be like, "Why do you think it's really cool to sit at a computer uh, for hours and hours and like blow things up and then communicate with someone?" Like, I'm talking to people around the world, right? Someone in another country, you don't even know who they are. You're not I'm really. Not, I'm not sure why. Th- I'm not sure why that's cool. Yeah, they're and, all talking about and, wanting to have sex with your mother. Right, well, yeah, and the whole tabletop gaming thing is somehow not cool. I don't know how... yelling jargon at each other and interspersing it with horrible insults. MLG Pro! If, yeah, yeah for some reason... no scope. I guess but, is you can hide behind it. I don't know if, it, like, yeah. the actual contact of looking people in the eyes when you're no, do, playing the, a game. It's the... I've never done those, the so telephone tough guy. Yeah. Syndrome. Well, it's yeah. Everybody's you know what it is. It's like okay, like somebody. if I talk to you, like say we talk politics, so talk, but we just we respect e- we respect each other. But it's so easy to just badmouth the unknown on the internet, like just yeah. hide behind that and say, you're, well, you're dumb. You're yeah. Right. You know. I, I and I yeah I and and I I can't say I'm not guilty of it too. I've done it. Oh, I've done yeah. it too. We've every... all, you know we all we all and that's the thing. It's very yeah, but easy we're to smart. Do our opinions were correct. <laughs> yeah, ours yeah. smart. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but you know, but with with these games, it's like the, the the thing about it. And this is why before the whole satanic panic thing happened, um, or the people who who ignored it were like you know, moms loved Dungeons and Dragons because they when they knew where their kids were, um, they were reading. They were being social. Using their minds. They were using their minds so they could keep track of, they knew where their kids were, they knew they were doing something that, that wasn't harmful, uh, they knew they were, they were using their brains and doing critical thinking and, and solving problems and, and reading, you know, it just like... Yeah, this game is based on reading books, maybe that's why it wasn't that cool. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> you had exactly. to actually read books. But, you know, and and then you t- we talked briefly about the theatrical element, and it's like more and more you're finding, you're, you're hearing about people in Hollywood mm-hmm. who 
play D and D. Oh, Vin Diesel. he's the big proponent Vin of Diesel, don't hold that against D and D. Joe Manganiello, uh, 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 Debran Wall. I mean, you know, and then you have the Critical Role people. They're all voice actors, mm-hmm. and they're all amazing. And they've been doing this stuff for years. You have a lot, tons of comedians. Patton Oswalt, Brian Posehn. Um, they used you know. to play together, didn't? From what I understand. Yeah. So they were um, like podcasted they, or something. Well, there's a podcast. Brian Posehn has a podcast called Nerd Poker. It's had two incarnations, and and one is called Nerd Poker with Brian Posehn, um, or Brian Posehn's Nerd Poker. Whatever doesn't matter. It's called Nerd Poker. That's a big thing. Look it up. It's very funny. Uh, it's a bunch of comedians playing D and D. And they started years ago. It's him and Pat Oswald and like Chris Hardwick and those guys. And they didn't record it or anything, but they, you know, the podcast kind of came out of that. Um, and it's literally just, you know, uh, uh, I think it's up to six people now, five or six people now. And they, they sit around his dining room table, play D&D in a, in a, in a campaign that uh, this uh, comic, Dan Telfer, who's a very good comic, check him out. Um, he's the dungeon master. And so he writes everything. He creates a story. And... It, there's a lot of bullshitting, you know, it's not a, they're not super serious role players. That's another thing about these games too, is that there's a million ways to play them. You know, there, there are people who just like to roll dice and beat stuff up and don't get into the interaction. And then there's people who like to, to just get deep into the psychology and, and there's very little fighting and a lot of talking. And then there's, you know, I think we're, the groups that Mario and I play in are kind of 50-50. Yeah, we try to uh, find the balance. I mean, that's what I like, too, is that all of the games... I mean, if no you're wrong playing a game that has hundreds and hundreds of pages of details of exact computations for every single little thing you can do, <laughs> they all ultimately say, use whatever rules you want and don't use rules you don't want. Create yeah. a, set of cons- uh, a set of consistent rules and play however you want to play. And I think a lot of people lose out on that, too, because you can play super-structured math. You can play all the different kinds of methods of the game that yeah. you want to play. But it all doesn't these sound ga- fun. All of these games say take what you want and use it, yeah. and don't play what don't do what you don't want to do. The goal is that you're supposed to have fun. I think what I do always with games or any of the things like that is I start off by the rules because then when I get familiar, then I start just going exactly and works. Yeah. That's the way I do. And and starting out with games and and there are there are games that are simpler. There are games that are more complex rules wise, mm-hmm. and the best thing to do. Is just you know, and I say if you're interested in it, just you know, jump into a game, but let them know I've never done this before, you know, so they can kind of ease you into it slowly. And that's the thing. A lot of game like tabletop gamers, they're not dicks like that. They're like, oh, you've never played. Well, what are you doing no, here? They'll be like, oh, yeah. come on in. They well, want to bring in a new. Person. These games are also largely cooperative, so there's yeah. that element yeah. too. It's beneficial to you when other people play well, <laughs> and, it, and it requires having you know, you know, uh, at least like four people. And that's the thing, like, especially the, the, and the older you get, having a group of people who can get together for several hours, either once or twice a week or once a month, gets harder and harder. Mm-hmm. So you have a tendency when you find people who are into it, you'd be like, hey, great, I'll get you into my game because then there's a better chance we can meet more often. Right. And I would say, and too, going back again, the, the hardest your thing, theatrical really. background and you still involved and everything. Yeah. Does that really add to it, like I, appeal and just doing, you know. Uh, man, I've been running games with bunches of actors in them. Let me tell you, no, it's amazing. <laughs> it's it's no, very exciting, a very positive like way. Yeah, it's you know, I I I think that um when you're you know with playing with actors is fun because they'll get a little bit more invested in their character and and uh, definitely and and that way you know they'll feel a little bit more. Uh, 
you know, more kinship to the character and they kind of, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll interject parts of themselves or they'll play with things that are, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll be a shy guy. You'll play somebody who's very outgoing or vice versa, or just to like do something different. I will method act the shit out of this mage. Yeah, exactly. There are, I think a tendency in the beginning when people start playing is to play characters they feel a little more comfortable with. And then as you keep on going, you say, oh, I'm going to try to play something that's very different from myself or I'm going to try this set of rules that I ignored because I wasn't playing that kind of character. And it's a lot of fun to watch that happen too, to see people try a lot of different things. It's really exciting to work with people though, or to be playing with people in theater because the, a simple conversation can turn into this really interesting, funny, amusing, yeah. or serious... You might get material to write something to do on. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, I remember my friends, we went to England our senior year of college. We started having medieval banquets here every year. We had them for about 10 years just because we enjoyed the ones there. And I'm saying this because they would make us into characters. They always stuck me as a wizard. So I might wanna, <laughs> you got to look, yeah. So I yeah, might want to try something else. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Yeah, it's like, distress. I want to play. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll play the big burly fighter. Well, I have my Daenerys Targaryen fixation or, right now. I'll be the, the sneaky thief guy who hides in the shadows and steals stuff. Or, um, but yeah, and it lends it, and it does lend itself well to audio mediums like podcasting because the action is all in you know it's in the voice of the person running the game and the voices of the players, and uh, and you can kind of you know intersperse rule stuff into it but just keep the talk i was gonna say that how important is the dungeon master then for having fun and having um the dungeon master is the most important thing (laughs) (laughs) in a way i mean there's you know obviously there's no game without players but at the same time in the format of role-playing games there's one person who's in charge of basically everything other than the individual characters yeah whatever originally called like a referee then judge and Mm. then the term dungeon master game master came out of it and essentially, they they are just they're the ones who know what's going on, and they're the ones that have to do the homework. I think that's the I idea. Was say, they yeah. they, they have to go. write these. Well, you know, at the very sometimes. least, at the very least, yeah. Even um, when you're running a game that's completely prepared ahead of time, you're still talking about hours of reading and pulling yeah. information and getting things organized. But people who you know, our game masters tend to enjoy that type of. People find out right away if it's something they ever want to do or don't want to. And that's do. the hardest thing. It's 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 easy to it's easier to find players, and it's it's harder to find game masters. I was going to say because they don't often play themselves. No. Oh, they don't. Do they? They do. As a matter of t- fact, Mario is... I uh... see it a very different way. I actually prefer it to being a player. <laughs> oh, right. yeah. I see it as the dungeon master, game master, whatever you're playing, depending on the game you're playing, is always playing. You're yeah. always playing. You're playing every single character that isn't being played by a person at the table, and you have all of these rules and books okay. open and block. So it's it's constant. In fact, when I'm as a player, when I'm there, I almost have this sense of I'm like, okay, I'm waiting for my turn now. And that never happens when you're running the game because no, you're there's always... stuff happening constantly. Well, I... Things are falling off the tables that you have all around you. <laughs> you're grabbing at stuff. Someone does something you don't expect, and in your brain, you're thinking, I've got 45 seconds to figure out how I'm going to turn this into what I thought it was going <sighs> to be or how to change it completely. And it's a whole series of no matter how much you prepare, this is also very interesting and theatrical about it, <laughs> no matter how much you prepare, uh, and to the players do this to the to a smaller amount as well, things are going to change. You walk in going, this is what we're going to do today. And then four hours later you go, what just happened? I have, I have detailed 
<laughs> this massive fortress full of full of hyena monsters, <laughs> and I have I have constructed the levels. I have built maps, and I made little figures. Made so they all and uh, and then the, uh, the yeah the sorcerer teleports everybody to the very top, and they fight the boss, <laughs> and it ends like instantly. Well, I think it would go for back example. Because of, I mean, your background as a director for theatrical work, I think you would see all the whole picture and want to a lot of it is my teaching uh, so I've, yeah. I've spent two decades in a teaching career and that's another big part of it is I, I like to sit down with the books and go okay let's plan out how this is going to be thematically connected right six months from now there's a lot of that when you're running a game is really exciting to be thinking in about six months they're going to get to this encounter they're going to be so surprised when they find out what that's happened or you who's at home you sons of bitches you wait until August and see what happens yeah <laughs> really yeah. It's, wait, wait until the giant monster that I that's kind Coming. There's a lot you can play. You can mm-hmm. play just like one-off games. A lot of that you mentioned, Call yeah. of Cthulhu. Yeah. A lot of people get together. Here's a character. Play that character. Three hours from now, yeah. you're going to survive or be insane or be dead. Yeah. And then you move so on right. and play a separate See, game. Yes, you have to understand. But, Call of Cthulhu is the old Lovecraftian thing where you don't. But it's sanity points you lose. Right. Yes. It's, so it's, that's it's, like just. You can either take just being alive in the world, or you can do it through a game. Yeah. But I loved reading that book. I admit, I poured. I still read the book just to read about the characters and everything. Yeah, it's it's the it's kind of almost the opposite of D anD D, where you could have a burly guy with all kinds of weapons and he can fight anything, and it doesn't matter because the minute he sees a monster, he goes totally insane. <laughs> yeah, and gibbers in the corner for the rest of his life. And you the know, thing just, is, everybody's nasty in that game. There's maybe one that okay, this this elder god. Maybe you get him on a good day, he's sort of apathetic to you, but he didn't really care. But most of them want to just suck you up and Yeah, it, it, it's it's uh you know, we 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 rule the universe and then millions of years then all of a sudden there were these little ants running around who think they run things and we have to we have to deal with them now. So let's just you know You're insignificant your insignificance <laughs> to the elder gods. Yeah. yeah, Lovecraft had a massive inferiority complex. Yeah, he was. He was a we'll do a racist. story on him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. no, I don't believe that one. Kind of I'm surprised he, he, he don't he, have... he, he rolled. He rolled back on a lot of stuff. Oh, later, yeah, he did. He mellowed out with yeah. the issue, to be safe. But, That's... yeah, there was... Yeah, there was. I mean, yeah, yeah, we'll do. We'll be for me. We'll do. We'll one do a on, Lovecraft like, episode sometime. On some of these Ooh, yeah. One thing I'm surprised. Maybe I'm wrong that there's not any like superhero role playing games. There, there are. are. There, there had are. to be. I know. <laughs> yes. Yep. There had um, to be. There are several actually, and and the, I think and like from a from the from a gamers from an inside kind of baseball standpoint of of why they're tough. Um, I ran one for a little while, and the issue that I had running it was that superheroes are purely reactive. Mm. They don't they don't start anything. Mm. You have to throw things at them. <laughs> There's you know, it just like in, 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 in comics it's a whole different thing, but when you in a group with, with players as superheroes, it's just it's all reactive. The other thing too is that superpowers are hard to quantify in rules without them then becoming you know, quantified like, rule set. Disturbingly <laughs> OP. Like if you get like a Superman exactly. character. Mm. And then you know, you're like, in the well, adventures, you have Here comes have the asteroid. Thor. I have laser eyes. Oh, that's goddamn convenient. Yeah. You have you have you know, you have Thor on one end and you have you know, Hawkeye. You know, yeah. <laughs> you multiple have, multiple you have man. To, you have you could, to provide the whole thing enemies for everyone. Or Batman, we're just patrolling the city at night, and nothing happens. Yeah, and then, and this what I found with supers games, they have a tendency to you have to kind of buy into a power level of the game. So, mm. is this superheroes game going to be street level, like you know Daredevil the Punisher, or is this going to be like 
you know, Gonzo level Thor, cosmic, yeah, you know, the Hulk Thor right. guys with ridiculous amounts. You know, and and there's and there's several games. There's Villains of Vigilantes, uh, Mutants and Masterminds. There's uh, a couple of different Marvel superheroes games. There's been a couple of different DC games, um, and so there's there's stuff out there. And then there's a lot of uh, setting agnostic systems where it's not based on anybody's. IPs and they make their own. I played a lot of Marvel game, uh, Marvel game for quite a while. This was pre uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe though, so yes, wasn't wasn't super cool yet. So the Italian Red Skull era. <laughs> oh, if you've never seen yeah, that, I've movie, seen that's, that movie. That's your it's, trivia. It was what late seventies. Was it Yugoslavia? No, it was, was, was mid eighties. Mid eighties, Captain America and Red Skull, the former German yeah. uh, officer, was Italian. Matt Salinger. Well, started both of the people that saw that count. movie appreciate your reference. Hey, you know yeah. what? It it to this day it still entertains me because nobody can deny it, it because it's there. Was it yeah. ever? I don't know if it was even ever officially theatrically released. Oh, that's I true. No, I think it was a. Direct, I know there's a documentary about the Roger Corman Fantastic Four movie. There's a, there's yeah, a documentary that's you, about it. Yeah, you can only get it as a bootleg because it was never. They yeah, they, they, never they just it. they they it was a thing to secure rights. They had to make a movie to secure rights, so they just kind of puke this thing into existence and it's well because that's what they have to do what is it? Yeah. every two or three years they have to do something or else they lose yeah. the rights to the character right. well we were talking Disney about has no problem with that no <laughs> three to five minutes so. <laughs> Shh, don't speak ill of the duck I, of hey the mouse. I, I love disney yeah. we all love disney i don't care yep Sponsored I know, by. I know, I know that I know. There's a lot That's of bad sponsored stuff. Sponsored by Disney, but God, I wish I was. I know there's a no, lot of bad stuff not. happening on a corporal level, but as a as a as a Marvel Cinematic Universe fanboy, I don't care. Right, right. <laughs> it's awful. I, well, I eat all of my my uh, my 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 lefty anti corporate. Uh, Rage, and then on Disney, it's my it, that's my kryptonite. Well, they go like Cliff Eberhardt. He was a folk singer I saw, and it turned out that he did all he does a lot of the ads for Burger King. Or he said, "Yes, I'm a folk singer, but I'm a folk singer who owns a house." Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Know, yeah, it's yeah. Principles you know, are principles are can be expensive it. sometimes. I just think we were just talking about the Marvel movies and the influence that maybe those those modern films that are you know of a certain level Excuse of quality me. and uh, and such have drawn people in and made like fans of uh, you know mainstream fans, I guess. Uh, besides just comic book readers of the past. But we talked about Tolkien and the whole idea of Lord of the Rings inspiring all these games. And obviously, you know, the Lord of the Rings trilogy of the early 2000s. Is that early 2000s? 2001? Yeah, one, yes. yeah one, two, three. Yeah, Because yeah. there so, was a big stink about the two towers because it just happened after 9-11. Yeah. So, I mean... But it's not like Tolkien for I know, that, but, you know, but, people have to have something to complain about. Yeah. yeah. But I think, but anyway, that's an example of like allegory. a huge. A, <laughs> Tolkien was you know. very big on saying they're not allegorical, even though they were totally allegorical. Right. Uh, that's. <laughs> I mean, you know, people saw those Lord of the Rings movies that wouldn't necessarily read fantasy novels, and I think that that also is, a, you know, is an inspiration toward the type of things that were, you know, the, getting involved or interested in the kind of games that we're talking about. Well, then there's then there's then there's that that break that pop culture breakout stuff like Game of Thrones. Yeah. You know, it's like. You know, there's no, there's no, it's not a coincidence that D&D became popular again when Game of Thrones was a huge thing. I was going to say, isn't that weird? Yeah, yeah it, it's, and everybody's, you know, it, 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 yeah, and that was, and Lord of the Rings kind of pushed that up. I, I remember when Lord of the Rings came out, I was like, Peter Jackson, it's like, the guy that did the Frighteners? Yeah. I was like, is the that guy the that same did, guy? The guy that Meet the Feebles. The guy that yeah. did uh, uh, Brain Dead? Brain Dead. <laughs> new movie sounds With the really lawnmower scene. Oh, man. got the... He's got a new one out now, supposedly really interesting. 
Peter Jackson? Yeah, and I completely forgot the title. Well, I, I, I didn't hear that. That's going to make King question. Kong boring. I don't know. Wow. Uh, I mean, like, I love the Lord of the Rings movies. I do. I, I, do, I, I had do a friend, well. though, who fit that thing of... And the Frighteners. Great movie. I had yeah. a friend who really yeah. fit that thing of the person in the basement, though, because literally he got so... Do I want to see this because it's going to... Do I want to see it? Then he would... Okay, they got this right. They didn't have this in. It's like, enjoy well, it for what it is, dude. Yeah, I got to... Since it's adaptations, pretty Yeah, it, once, you, once you really, really understand what an adaptation is... Yeah, because how are you going to put on screen 35 pages in a row of documenting the scenery as they walk through the woods? You don't it have doesn't to. Work. You can just show it. Right. <laughs> you know, it's but a visual just, medium. But, but there are other... like You, you, you can't do it. You know, uh, then you break down the characters' motivations. Is is if you, you know, in my opinion, Aragorn in the movie versus Aragorn in the books. Aragorn in the movie is much more interesting because Aragorn oh, in yeah. the books is just like, yeah, I'm the king of Gondor. That's fine. He, and in the movie, he's reluctant. A, re- a reluctant king is a lot more interesting than a guy who's just like, I'm just waiting for my moment to take my broken sword and. I was going to say though, his we might Step have aside, a throwdown with I'm him and his cousin about Magic the Gathering. You ever think of that? Yeah. Because the, those, I know nothing about it, but those, him and his cousin get into arguments about it all oh, the time. Well, I mean, yeah. Magic is a. Uh, would you consider. I wouldn't really call that a tabletop game. It's no, more it's of a not card a game. game. It's, it's a card game. game. I, yeah. I, I have students who play pretty frequently, and I'm always saying things like, why don't you guys use your imagination? Play something cooler. And they're always <laughs> like, why don't you go read your books? So I've never seen anyone actually like develop their wizard character, right? You know, How name their, I'm their, I'm their, I'm the wizard character. I'm the master of white and blue magic, yeah. and I will shut I'm you not, down. I'm not going come to. We're yeah, talking using the word cooler for these things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, I mean they definitely. My Leonin war leader. It definitely yeah, contributes. It's definitely However, connected you can to. Now because well, there's I always an official D and D manual. For I always the world say of this, and I use a term. Well, I use they're owned by the same like company. So. Drugs. <laughs> I use a term for like for me. The music of Nick Lowe took me over to a lot of different things. But I call some of these things like little gateway drugs to bring you into the bigger games because you yeah. start at this and then you because I know I I'm always have an intellectual curiosity when I start something. It would take me okay. I tried this. I'm going to go on to this, and I'm going to go on to this. Well, why don't I make a proposition right here and now? Hey, hey now. I know I'm cute. Why don't we? <laughs> that's for later, Rob. That's Easy off. Fellas. That's off. This shirt, dude. I know. Uh-huh. Um, why don't we play once? You know, I was. You thinking know, you that actually read my mind. So, I, oh, I have never. You can't play anymore. You can read minds. Don't let them play. Oh, <laughs> I have never actually but played. I thought of actually. Never we were actually thinking seen of maybe doing either. some video. Yeah. Why don't I, we have a video of us playing? Yeah, I I am I am I'd down like, with that. I'd like Mario, to do we have plenty of extra dice, so you guys yeah. don't have to worry about that. Oh, tell us we about the dice material. Okay, know what so, the going so on. yeah, so um, the dice are basically uh, you know it, it takes it from being uh, just improv to it becoming a game. So all the dice really are is representing an, a random element. Um, when you you know basically saying. Boiling it all down, it's, it's your character tries to do something and the dice dictate whether or not you do it or whether or not or how successful you are in doing something. Um, so uh, the multi-sided dice, I honestly, I don't know the origin of the multi-sided dice, whether there was something that already existed in Wargaming. Probably. Uh, um, it's actually something I, I thought about this morning. I was going to kind of look up, but I didn't. But um and all that does we'll is for the video. it's the math. Uh, it just uh, and and there are people game. There are game designers who work out probability. I know there's some sports games like 
years ago they would have the multi-size. Yeah, so. so I think they've been around for other kind of things, but it's just um, the different sided dice give you a different uh, 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 chance of probability of, of succeeding or failing. I was going to ask, now this shows my night. And they're all used different ways. I can't even say the word. But can your characters die and you get a new one, or do they recover? I really don't know. Um, There are are very... I can't think of any role-playing games where death is not a possibility. Um, And and that's another thing that can vary game to game. Um, Games with magic, uh, death early on is is a huge threat, and later on in the game when... When you find the ability, there are people who are ability to bring you back from the dead, uh, then death becomes kind of more of a minor inconvenience. But I think that that in and of itself is in the interest of if you, you know, if you've built a character from first to 14th level, it means you spend hours and hours and hours That's playing this and character. I, then you get killed. I've heard stories then, of people giving up on it and never playing again because they lost their character some just... people can get very attached yeah. um and that's you know that's it's like anything else there's some people some very, very extreme personalities that's can, the problem can, can make these things there's so tricky. many there's so many options of going back to the yeah. death thing you play a science fiction game because does the character come back and they're like part uh, you know cyborg now or yeah. are you playing in a high level fantasy game where people routinely come back from the dead or when they do yes. is there a consequence for how that happens do they become you know that can also shape and change character i mean there's a lot you can do with it um, there are but, some hardcore players who yeah. are like, you die, you die. You, right. you, you call, you write up a new character. That was the original, a lot of the original yeah. D&D was like yeah. that, you right? You die, you die. The you goal was character. like, make to sure nobody survives. That's kind of how it should be. Well, that's that's like I said. There's lots of play styles. Every 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 table. I, it, I call it. The, it's the, it's the, yeah. the the contract of the table. I look know. at it like this. I mean, when I was younger, I got really cynical about the world, and I thought that was you really easy. About, but it was God. I hate this. People suck. Everything else. And you realize you can't let the actions of a few people and i think the yes. problem is people mm. always get like they'll have the person well we discovered dungeons and dragons and he was dressing it and then he went he lost it because his character died yeah. that's an extreme personality and i'm and, sorry for them but it's not I, every, and i don't you know. know if there's really any actual case of that happening no that's what we always say about the it's been dispelled you hear stories but you don't know anybody you don't know what they do they use because they try to say okay like it's a big did world something, i'm sure unfortunately, someone, oh, somebody, yeah, you know, yeah. somebody did something unfortunately at the workplace or at school and did something horrible. Oh, they dig up just because he yeah. might have played D and D red fans. Well, was... It doesn't make him listen to heavy metal. I, yeah. I yeah, I actually am not a killer. I'm, I kill people because I listen to eighties metal, not because I play. Yeah, exactly. I knew Come it. I, more, more, it's a slasher movies for me. That's why I'm. Well, what gets me is because I was into with some of the music I was into. See, we all I got our like, thing. What yeah. I didn't like was people talking about it. Who didn't know one damn thing about it, but they had to find the boogeyman because right. you know, there's something to blame so other than their shitty parenting. Or, you know? or, or in some cases, sometimes, you know, when you're blindsided by tragedy, you'll think all kinds of the, the Egbert kid. That was the whole satanic panic thing. Is right. this kid? They, you know, they, 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 all these, all these professionals came in and diagnosed this thing. Um, because it was an easy thing to do, and it got them. And and boy, howdy, were they on television a yeah. lot, and were they in newspapers a lot. They really well, made it. So and this kid album, had one time in clinical school. depression. He struggled with his yeah. sexuality. He struggled with making friends. He committed suicide. It was incredibly sad. And the worst thing about it was it was the goddamn board game. It was they blamed it on they they took no one took any responsibility. 
and blamed it all on this thing Maybe this kid was doing. being and a little more accepting of people, letting them feel comfortable yeah. about who they are and saying and not having to hide and just be so scared. Yep. Well, if anybody find, and yeah. if my mom knew this, she'd throw me out. So yeah. just accepting that, yeah. you. Yeah, and that and that and that's other things like things like role playing games and you know and quote unquote nerdy nerd culture really like disenfranchised kids gravitate towards it because one it's a social outlet in a place that they don't feel comfortable around people you know and and it's and it's it's a subculture and subcultures are where the disenfranchised kind of go to well to... believe it or not i used to be shy when i was younger. <laughs> i don't believe it but now i found it's but i really was like that and i didn't feel but when you find people living like at the comic store who dug what you dug you found where you sort of belonged yeah, and then you learned how to talk, and you learned that women women wouldn't kill you if you just said hi to a woman. Like, yeah, <laughs> I actually also yeah. want to bring up that the idea for for anybody that's not aware, you know, it's not just people are playing these games all over the world, and so these groups of people that get together to play these games are just not all like. It's not just a table of fifteen-year-old white boys, no. right? I mean, yeah. I know that scene in Stranger Sometimes Things. Sometimes it's a table but of thirty-year-old like, white men. That was the eighties. <laughs> That's true, or or maybe no. the ones talking about it. Yeah, are, are. well, yeah. Never but, knew, like the Demo- what? Well, really let us white men explain it to you, people. I mean, it's def- it's certainly um, has expanded clearly. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm saying that there's depending on the type of game that you play and the and and the the. Uh, um, the style, the, you know, the, the actual game itself, plus the style of game that you play, plus just the people, you know, there are people who are yeah. playing, you know, if you think they're interested in playing this and saying, well, I don't fit into that. I mean, they're like all kinds of people are playing these games oh, yeah. at this point in time. And it's opened up. I, I've seen expand. I mean, I've always been uh, I played a lot in college. And such, and so we had a pretty, I've always had a pretty diverse group when it came, uh, to, you know, pretty diverse group playing the games. But, I mean, I've seen a, a real change as far as, like, who's involved. And that comes from a lot of people going to cons and yeah. the internet connecting people and all of these other things. So, I mean, it really is a lot more diverse and expansive than uh, some people might lead it, you to believe. It also promotes, I, I think it promotes a culture of respect. Um, which is what all this, all the argument, you know, arguments that people have about diversity or inclusiveness all mm-hmm. comes down to just, it's a culture of respect is what it is. It's just, hey, cool, we're all here. We're all doing this thing together because that's the thing we all like to do. And I think we can sum everything up in three words. Don't be mean. Don't be mean. Just yeah. don't be mean. Be kind. Don't be mean. I mean, don't be mean. Say, the other thing I would say is one of the things we hope to do on this show is if you listen to this, and hopefully you do, and you've never done this before. Maybe you want to try it a little bit. Maybe yeah, it might not be your thing. It might be your thing, but give it a try. And there are resources. I mean, hell, we're going to try it at some point. Apparently, now. Yeah, we are. We're yeah, absolutely going to assign is, me a character. This is going to happen. We'll and, figure it out. We'll figure yeah. It out. No, no, we will sometime. We'll find a place and we'll get it yeah. on tape and everything. Yeah, because like yeah. I said, I've You'll never see, we're not going to come wearing funny costumes. No, no, no. no. Very low like key. my normal delicious Very low key. And, uh, and, yeah, you don't, you know. But that's what we try to do. We Whenever we have anybody on there, try everything. You may like it. Yeah. Never hurts you to do different things. There's tons of resources. Depending on what you're doing. Yeah, okay, within reason, but we don't do any of that stuff. Yeah. And when I used to, when I was younger, it was a simpler time, so it was okay. (laughs) That's his go-to. But as we wrap it up, stay tuned for details on when we're actually going to do some But as we all heard, thank you guys very much. And then you're welcome back. And now, Mario, you want to do some plugging for some of your stuff? So, obviously, I'm involved in a lot of community theater. Um, right now, There's uh, I'm in rehearsals 
um, with a wonderful group of actors uh, to do a, a pretty funny a show that's very different from a group. I, I typically do things with uh, a community theater group I run called uh, Dream Visualize Create or DVC. It's very uh, focuses on a lot of social issues and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, and that's where most of my attention goes to. But right now, I'm actually directing a show for screenplays. And uh, their idea is that they're older, golden age on the stage type of uh, features. And so anyway, we're doing a piece that's actually very modern for them. Um, it's by Peter Schaefer. It's called Black Comedy. It was written in the 80s. And it is a one-act uh, farce uh, that really um, has a lot of fun focusing on uh, um, playing with... Uh, these uh, concepts of these characters um, all trapped in this room together and a series of crazy unfortunate events happen. And the whole idea is that it's a black comedy because uh, the lights go out very frequently and so we see the characters um, try to struggle through all of the various conflicts they're going through uh, on this one particular night in real time um, when the lights keep going on and off and they're plunged into complete darkness. So as you can imagine, there's a lot of mistaken identity. There's a lot of people crashing into pieces of furniture. Uh, there's a lot of people revealing things to people not knowing that they're saying them while there are other people in the room. So it, it's a pretty amusing piece. Like I said, it's a very different piece than... The, uh, but I, I directed it actually about 12 years ago at my high school, and so I was really excited to return to do it again. It is running uh, in it's May. late May, late May. It's May, late, yeah. Because I have it written on my calendar to yep. come down. It's, I think the last week of May, like the 23rd, right. so 24th, 24th, 20th. Yeah, uh, if, you don't, CC, if you're not going away for the link holiday below. weekend, yeah. then uh, yeah, we'll make sure we check it out. It's, it's, a, it's a, a fun piece. And I like to always say, for, I've been following DBC for years, as you know, and seeing, I just really like seeing the young talent and seeing these kids do this and get into it. And the things you always do always pull something out of left field it's awesome my goal from the beginning was don't do anything that people perhaps have seen before or expect or take something well, i've seen it before because you've done one that come again when you've done it again yeah so we did have an interesting oh, yeah. revival last year yeah um, <laughs> you want to can you say what's coming down the i mean so there DVC? are so dvc season begins in july when you're doing another show in december and so um and i have friends who may be involved in it we have a collection of dvc is always about high school students college age students and um on and performers local actors artists from the community and so we have a a, a collection of those people coming together and uh we're doing a show in july it's the end of july um that's really exciting it's a it's a musical piece uh, that is, uh, well, the storyline has been written, uh, put together by me, but all of the music is by uh, um, British uh, pop superstar Robbie Williams. Uh, <laughs> so it's pretty exciting. Um, and then all the way in December, we're going to totally uh, dis, uh, disincorporate, disengage. Dis we're going to take Sounds Romeo like and me. Juliet and really mix <laughs> it all big up into this crazy blender and uh, set it in Russia. So it's going to be a lot of fun. The music it? shows are really cool because in the past you've done Springsteen, Vanessa Carl, yeah. My Chemical Romance yep. for the Dre. And they're really neat how you incorporate them into a story. and It's something really to see. Thank you. Appreciate Coming that. Coming soon in the 2021 season. Dungeons yeah, and Dragons. Support the your musical. local, support uh, your local theater. There is a there is a play called She Kills Monsters that's we've been yeah, kicking around for a while. Yeah. Oh, there you go. It's it's, it's a theater D and D. Very yes. cool, guys. Thanks for coming thanks in, and we'll we'll set up well, an actual D and D yeah. time because well, I actually do, do want to try it. Great, I'm excited. While. Thanks a lot. Doug. So thank it's you, about, and uh, we're not we'll playing let... any music, but if you want to listen to some fantasy stuff in your house, you have it. Put it on. Yeah, put it on, and have a good one.